This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the third volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee and players Ryan Laplante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra as Eli Sharp, and Della Borovic as Morgan Rawls. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band exchanged their stolen goods with Yordo Zenos. Atticus introduced Father Marcellus to the party. Morgan searched the ship for secret passages. Eli lamented the loss of his weapons. And Valentine made a new Inquisitorial ally but was forced to take on a minder. What will happen when this new interrogator joins the crew? Find out next in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. Overheard in the Xenos command chamber aboard the flight deck of Harthold, immediately after a call with Inquisitor Lucius Valentine. Inquisitor Maid. I really like that guy. <laughs> All right, so we have a new party member joining us. Uh, Morgan, I would love to speak with you in my chambers if possible. And then in, say... Two hours, I would love to bring our whole crew together so I can give a little speech before we leave the planet. If anyone has any business that they need to carry out with anyone on this world, do so now. Does anyone have any business they would like to deal with with people on this world that they Eli should do so now? Eli gives a sharp, ha! Atticus uh, clears his throat and, uh, and we'll just say, uh, I would also like to speak with uh, Morgan Rolls. Uh, whenever's convenient for you, but before we leave. Excellent. Anyone else? All right, looks like we've got a plan. Um, do you know what, Morgan? I can speak to you afterwards, so why don't you speak with Eli now? We'll have our large meeting, and then you and I can speak separately. Me? Would you like me to be there for I've this conversation? I've spoken with her for five years nonstop. I'm out. And Eli just leaves. <laughs> Fabulous. Uh, Atticus, do you require me for this conversation, or would you rather it was just, shall we say, one-on-one? Uh, makes no difference to me, sir. Excellent. I trust you to handle this. Uh, and then Valentine is going to walk out to go review his notes. He's got to put together a fucking report for Mutus on who he can give up from Billingberg's network. So having set up your various... Uh, conversational needs um the the marnie's song is uh, going to be a rather busy place you are of course uh still waiting on your envoy from maid um who will be 
bring you the Xenos tech, uh, Valentine, that you, you requested, uh, but will also be uh, kind of along as, as an observer in a helpful capacity. So, like, they're not there as a, you know, neutral party who's not going to help. They're going to, you know, help out as long as you're not, I don't know, <laughs> doing evil Xenos shit. Um, but they are definitely there to kind of keep an eye on on uh, Maid's investment and um, to, to make sure that uh, you don't fall down that pit that uh, you're about – Every four chapters in an Eisenhorn book of an Inquisitor who goes too far. Um, so um, we've got a, a number of conversations lined up. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Atticus and Morgan, uh, you remain on the bridge uh, to have a brief word uh, about uh, Morgan's treatment of, of Grimly. Uh, so Atticus, uh, go ahead. Uh, is Grimly here with us? Uh, that's up to you. He's, um, okay. you know, the, he's kind of getting uh, all the pre-flight <clears throat> stuff is honestly probably done by now. The ship is very good uh, okay. as as 40k ships go. Um, so I think he, honestly, Atticus, he'd probably be looking to you. Like he defers to okay. Valentine, obviously, but if Valentine isn't saying anything to him immediately, you've you've scared him enough with your boots up on his console and stared right, over yeah. his shoulder. Uh, actually, I did not want to speak to Morgan about uh, Grimly Moody. Um hmm. If he's divulging information, that's a weakness of his, uh, not something to be worried about for Morgan. She's with us. She's our, uh, like, infiltrator. Right, right, right. Uh, okay. And so I will deal with him. But Okay. Morgan, you're off the hook. Uh, good luck and Godspeed. Uh, you, you make your way out of, uh, out of the, uh, the command deck, uh, leaving Grimly in his worst nightmare yeah. uh, alone with uh, Atticus. So he is at sharp attention. Um, but in a, you know, recruit who fucked up at the beginning of a boot camp sequence in a movie kind of, uh, attention. Okay. I still want to talk to Morgan though, about something completely unrelated to Grimly Moody. So I will also leave and talk to Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> I love this Just so much. leave him standing there. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. I'll deal with him later. <laughs> We're not flying anywhere yet, so we got time. There's an amazing, uh bit in uh, the preacher comics where uh the lead has the, the voice of god so you make you just do whatever he, he says and at one point one of the villains is like fucking with him he's just like count these grains of sand on this beach and then he fucks off and he doesn't kill the guy but the guy just starts crying and he leans down and picks one up and then the waves come in and he starts at one again and that's what grimly moody's life is like right now he's just <laughs> standing there trembling in an empty room and he'll just be there until you come back. He's now just a video game NPC waiting for you to take an interest again. Uh, but that is no concern of Atticus Viss. Uh, you continue off down the hall uh, to speak to Morgan. Right. Uh, Morgan, uh, this is just going to take a moment of your time. Uh, I've been assigned a special task to uh, oversee Gideon Kotov, make sure he's not doing anything heretical and if he is to report it and basically execute him at uh, valentine's orders now i recognize i'm not the most uh subtle of the bunch but i believe you might be and so when i am not actively watching him i would appreciate it if in my absence you uh, took a look at him a little bit more discreetly. Perhaps when I leave, he thinks that's time for him to get up to his nefarious deeds, and that's when you can catch him. Does that sound good? 
Morgan smirks a bit, and I will, I guess, check, because Toby's not with her. Toby's probably in the main compound of the ship. Is <laughs> Does Toby have eyes on Gideon? Um, unless you specifically set Toby up, although even then, like, I feel like, well, I don't know. Just getting kind of like, yeah. So normally I feel like Gideon wouldn't be thrilled about having anything over his shoulder while he works, but he does kind of, he likes the bird. (laughs) He does like the bird and he kind of works for you guys. So you also can't really say like, I want the corner office, you know, um, Mm -hmm. But I guess the question falls to you, Morgan, in terms of, well, and I, honestly, I guess you as well, Valentine, of like, where where would Toby be welcome in the ship? Like, where would you want to put him, Morgan, and Valentine, where would you allow him to be placed? Uh, Valentine would give Toby theoretically the run. He doesn't have a reason to limit Toby's access to things other than like, um, I mean, he'd let Morgan wander around because Morgan's not going to kill everybody on board. That'd be the only thing he'd be paranoid about. As long as, like, Toby's not fucking shit up, Toby will get a run. But, like, Toby starts fucking up, Valentine will make rules. He's like a, an absentee parent. <laughs> if the kids aren't fighting, he's not going to worry about it. Yeah, yeah. And I think just like in the bar, she would try to put Toby on a high place in a main area, and then he'd just be like a security monitor where he would just chill out and watch things when he's not, when she doesn't actively have use for him. You know? So, Tom, I'm trying to picture this for the Marnie song, though, which is like, we've discussed some ships before that were like Quinjet-like and other things like that. Kotov obviously has a bunch of equipment that requires its own room. Does he have like his own space where we're like, this yeah. storage area is his room, or is it like a yeah. shared area? So um, this ship is is the largest one that uh, uh, you guys have been on since the one you started on, Ryan, way back in, in episode one. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm almost thinking of this thing as uh, kind of like a um, a little bit larger Millennium Falcon. Um, the parts of the Enterprise we see <laughs> in any given series, <laughs> where it's it's like there is legitimately enough space um, for for all of you to kind of have, or like the Rocinante and um, and the Expanse. Like there's enough space for all of you to kind of have your own berth. Um, there's space to set up the lab. There is cargo areas. Um, uh, this will honestly never come up, um, <laughs> because he's very dead. Uh, but Billingberg, uh, comes from like good, uh, sort of like rich stock. Um, and as a result has access to a lot of, had access to a lot of money. So he retrofitted this thing very, very well. Uh, he would often transport, uh, whether it was uh, things for his nefarious purposes or just inquisitorial stuff. Like he, this 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 ship is well equipped um, enough so that it can do long distances. Like this is a nice central base for you. Now that said, it's not massive. You're not going to be able to engage in like fleet actions or anything with it. But um, it's nimble enough to, you know. Not really dogfight, but kind of do the like DS9 defiant thing where it can just like you can hold your own in a fight, but you're not a fighter. Um, and if you're around large ships, I mean, honestly, in Star Wars terms, it's like the um, I don't know, both those ships are too small. Anyway, say, yeah. the, the one from Mass Effect feels like it's the, the, <laughs> the Normandy, yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, Normandy. if you view the Normandy, that's that's a pretty fucking good pull. Thank you, Ryan. Um, no problem. so yeah, uh, think the Normandy, but if it was uh, designed by someone who only had access to rectangles and cathedrals um, and like weird gothic sprues. Um, And uh, 
you know, spiky bits, because uh, it's not sleek like the Normandy, but it is uh, sizable like the Normandy. So enough areas for all of you to kind of uh, hang out and have your own space. You're not on top of each other, uh, which is part of what Morgan, you discovered last episode in terms of the um, the, the sort of uh, vents and things running throughout, uh, throughout the ship. Uh, it means that there is a cargo hold. It means there was room to set up a containment chamber that, like, Kotov can now turn into his um, his lab. Um, you know, you have your med bay. You have you're, – you're, you're pretty decently equipped on this ship. And, you know, maybe you can romance crewmates and there's, like, <laughs> a sequence where you get to play as the pilot. Like, it's it's a good little, good little base of operations. Nice. Oh, yeah. I think it just – if – if uh, Kotov isn't going through the main thoroughfare, that's just what she would be looking. So I think it's just a moment of her looking off to the side and just just checking for Atticus's sake, and then yeah, I think all you would get, Morgan, are uh, glimpses of him coming and going because I really do feel like you're at the central, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. almost like the break in in the center where it's like you you know you have to go left or right, so you can see everyone coming and going. And I think once you have a better sense of the ship, you should be able to actually have a pretty good sense of where you know if someone is walking with purpose to the left that probably means they're going to x place so Mm -hmm. you definitely see kotov here and there um you can see some stormtroopers helping him load load things in um but it really is like if you're playing the footage by quickly you know occasionally he'll just like zip out and walk around a little bit and then zip off screen Uh, he's not like sitting there like actively committing treason in front of the screen right well that's fine just just a little yeah just a little check She'll look back at Atticus. I understand. I have no love of heresy myself, so I will keep my eyes open. Ooh. Is there anything else I can do for you, Colonel Lovis? No, no, not with this time. This will be a uh, ongoing duty of yours. Inquisitor Valentine has left it to me to delegate this as I see fit and enlist your assistance along with Mr. Sharp. And so we're going to see how you do. We will see, won't we? All right, then. Carry on, then. And Atticus will wheel back around. Uh, You'll hear a door (laughs) open and close. uh, And then uh, you'll just hear, Grimly! Uh, And that's just (laughs) where where that will end. (laughs) I I think she would linger by and listen to this shit. (laughs) Just next to the door. Standing next to the door with, with it closed. I mean, I assume, like, Atticus, you're just dressing him down, or, I mean, I'm <laughs> yeah, happy no, to play that out with you if you want, but... Yeah, she just I wants fucking to told you about talking to strangers? Right, no, Nothing, I... because you're not a goddamn child! Yes, sir. No, not, not a child, sir. Just a, just a pilot and an obedient one, sir. <laughs> may, may I sit down? It's gonna do that bullshit teacher thing of, like... No, you did say may instead of can. Um... Yeah. Uh, I like Atticus case. just yelling, can I? <laughs> can you? <laughs> sir, not, not, not unless I receive a directive from you, sir. It's better. And then he'll leave. <laughs> <laughs> Grimly Moody's bad day continues. This is Fabius Bile reaching out to all those arch heretics and other dangerous psychopaths out there. There is only one way to truly defeat the Emperor and his pathetic 
lick spittles, and that is to make sure that they do not unify themselves and their false beliefs and empty gods. They must not join a Patreon. They must never join patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Then our cabal can rise to the heights of brutality and cruelty. We can slay every player character, skin the flesh from their bones, and leave them with no hope remaining. Unless, somehow, people go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. With enough support, perhaps they could stop us. But that will never happen. <laughs> All right, Valentine, uh, are you waiting to address the crew until the interrogator arrives, or would you? Uh, ideally, yeah, he would wait for the interrogator to get everybody together. Um, and he's got to pull, he's got to like finalize. He's already done the pulling together of the report that he's going to give Damien Mutis on where to hunt down Billingberg's, uh, let's just say, less useful assets. And there are a bunch. Like, it, yeah. you know, it, in he's got the tomb ships uh, and the Abacus network like out and about, but. For most of the wet work, like he's just, he's just got scum and villainy all over the place that he can call in. So yeah, there's there's plenty, plenty for a friendly witch hunter to go. Yeah, he'll hang hang on to the tomb ships uh, and financial assets. Uh, possibly if there are no no, he can't trust the spies. Yeah, everybody else gets to fucking die. It's just money in the tomb ships. <laughs> Great. Um, okay, so. Morgan, um, you are uh, sort of uh, making your way uh, through um, through the ship. Uh, would you move Toby now, having kind of got this directive, or no? Uh, I guess, yeah. She would set him up nearer to where Kotov is setting up his stuff. Like, if, if she followed all the stormtroopers and people carrying things, you just further down the hallway that way to just keep an eye but not be too suspicious. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just a giant metal bird with, yeah, you know, he's just hanging out. Pulsers hanging out. Spies. <laughs> you find a with nice the lenses shelf zooming to sit on its on. eyes. Yeah, you said <laughs> yeah. it's fine, but I thought you said spying. Just like it's he's just spying. Um cool. As birds do. Yeah, yeah. as you do. Um great. So you uh birds you, nature's spy. <laughs> natural bird behavior. <laughs> they hoard information and spy yeah. birds. That's why owls are always asking who they're trying to determine the motive. Trying to figure it out. They're just the least subtle about this? it. All the yeah. other birds are like, shut the fuck up. Get us away, <laughs> fucking owls. That's why the posters say, give a hoot, gather intel. That's what, that's what they're regarding. They're referring to spying. Uh, eyes in the back of your head and all that. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you you place Toby in a, an appropriate uh, give a hoot gather and tell position and um, like right in front of a 40k poster that's like heresy we're watching you and he's just sitting in front of him. <laughs> well he can't be watching for heresy there's already a poster um, you uh, you make your way um, uh, sort of away from there and you you're certainly still getting the feed I think and, and checking it uh, to mm -hmm. see it and sure enough, like moments later, uh, Gideon Kotov is walking by and he notices because it, like it's very obvious. 
Um, and uh, he he just kind of leans in and he taps on Toby's eye. Uh, and then he just kind of like breathes on it and uses his sleeve to uh, to to wipe it. And just says hi hi uh, uh, hi hi there. Um, are there gonna be any uh, any heretics on this heretic? I saw the poster. No, no. Oh, okay. Well, uh, you know, you you uh, you let me know if you, you see him in there. Um, oh, and he just takes a guess. Man. He's like, "Thank you, sir." It's like Atticus. Uh, and then um, he uh, he fucks off back down the hall. Um, but uh, your your moment of respite is is brief and still filled with annoyance because of that. Um, and uh, as you make your way down, like you hear and smell, like you hear the sort of thunderous footsteps and you, you just smell um, a, a stench and uh, just immediately like a massive hand clamps down on your shoulder. And uh, Thaddeus just says, oh, you'll have to pardon me, Miss Rawls. Uh, this one must examine you to ensure that you are not infected and do not become a monstrosity such as I. Please follow me to the medical bay so we can ensure that the filthy Xenos has not infected you. Morgan, full body shudders when he grabs her. (laughs) It seems that you are staying with us then, is that right? Until the Emperor sees fit to consume me in his loathing, yes. No, this way. And he just starts, like, walking with you. Um, and it's like, you know. I don't think there's anything she can right. do about it, even if she wants to. I think she's doing the, the angry lady walk of, like, jerking away, but there's not much to be done about it. Yeah. And you get the sense that he's not trying to strong arm you. It's just, like, mm-hmm. he's got a task. He just is strong. He is strong. And also, there's just a sense about him that, like, he's just one of those doctors who is so committed to, like, well, of course, like, He's the dentist who's always shocked that you don't floss as often as you're supposed to. He's like, no, but like, that's how your teeth stay. Why wouldn't, it's so easy. And we're all just like, shut up, I'm sleepy. Um, so he's <laughs> that guy where it's just, you know, why wouldn't you want a medical checkup after handling gross Zeno's technology? Like, of course. Yeah. So um, sort of almost unconsciously, he, he, you know, pushes you into the medical bay. And I think this is the first time you've seen the medical bay, mm-hmm. uh, Morgan. And it's somewhat of a relief. It is fucking nice in here. As well, like 40K tech goes, this place is is uh, pretty top of the line. Um so he uh, he sits you down and um, he you know grabs. You can see that he's also a bit of a kid in a candy store in here because he just has access to nice nicer toys. Um, so he he grabs um, uh, sort of a couple uh, a couple things and just says, uh, "Now, uh, Ms. Rawls, you did handle the Xenos carapace. Did you have you felt anything strange? Any?" New growths are their eyes where there were not eyes before. She gives him this dead stare, holds her hands up, and just, all I did was touch it. It it was packaged. That's it. I'm fine. I don't feel any different. Ah. Any of that. But if a material is radioactive, the packaging cannot save you. You will become like me, and I cannot allow that blasphemy on this ship. Hmm? Um, Morgan, uh, you realize he's going to just keep at this for a while. Uh, he mm-hmm. is going to check you for every known Xenos plague mutation. Uh, it's up to you to try and get out of this. Uh, so we find ourselves in social combat. Uh, oh, no. so, 
Um, you tell me how you're going to try and, and uh, get out of this, and then we'll figure out what you're rolling. Um, so I think she would, if she would, if he actually checks her and does one test, she would stay for that much. Mm-hmm. And then it would be, I, I have to leave because Inquisitor Valentine said he had to speak with me and mm-hmm. I have to go. You cannot keep me here any longer. I have, I have things that I have to do. I need to leave now. <laughs> Just straight yeah. up. Goodbye. Technically not true. But mm-hmm. I like well, I mean, it is it is true. He does want to talk to you, uh, yes. just not like right this minute. So exactly. I'm going to say charm probably makes the most sense here because it's not deception. I take charm no. or coercion. <laughs> okay, fine. Look, you it's decided well. you decided to tell him the actual thing that you need to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to fuck you a, on this. It's literally just choice. like, all right, what's the difficulty? Do you need to leave? Well, yes, Valentine wanted to talk to me. No, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> So he is a very good doctor. So uh, your difficulty, yeah, it's going to be four purple. Um, it is a, uh, I know for those of you listening, uh, this is just a, like, oh, actually, for those of you listening, this is probably uh, useful information. We, this is a split session for us. So I'm just going to reset the story uh, point pool uh, because it, it seems only fitting to do so. Uh, at the start of a, a new session for us recording today. Uh, so uh, I'm going to reset, uh, uh, particularly since we're in such a low stakes environment, uh, to three and two in your favor. Um, well, that's better than one and four, like it was at the end of last session. It absolutely is. Well, also, thanks, Laura, because it's your birthday, Aww. I'm going to give you a story point that only you can use that does not count towards the pool. Just one gift story point that you can use at any point in a future session. So there you go. Thanks, uh, special. Yep. Yeah, you're oh, ha- happy birthday. Eli's going to die this episode, isn't he? <laughs> no, you can use the story point to miraculously survive. Now I'm suspicious you- that Tom's just like laying the foundation for like a false sense of security. Anyways, continue. Honestly, Laura, if you can find a way to die during the medical examination of Morgan Rawls in a completely <laughs> separate room, not involving you, like I'll just be impressed. Um, so, uh, if there was ever a around the corner, you just hear the tyrannids, the tyrannids, and then just a gunshot, and just Eli's not on the show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Thaddeus is like, what's behind your ear? Morgan just pulls out Horace. Uh, yeah. and then Horace just starts killing. Uh, anyway. Uh, Sorry, I digress. Honestly, both great digressions. Uh, Ryan's <laughs> super dark and I'm a fan. Um, so um, that is where the story points sit uh, for this weird split session. Um, Morgan, um, in terms of uh, bonuses and setback, um, you're a person who lies practically for a living and you, you accidentally told the truth. So I'm going to give you a boost. Lies are a lot easier <laughs> when they aren't lies. Um, despite your best efforts, apparently. I tried. It was just a very not big lie, I guess. Yep. Um, I'm also going to give you a boost uh, for the fact that the, the package was wrapped. Like it's, it's a, this is actually a fairly, you know, you weren't like holding I don't know, a vial of tyranid DNA in your teeth or anything. Yeah, um, so it's it's a lower stakes thing for him. Um, I am going to give you a setback for being just generally unsettled by the presence mm-hmm. of, of a beast man, um, as most of you are, with the exception of Valentine, who is like totally chill with it, which I love. Um, that's how we get the heresy in the Valentine heresy. By the way. <laughs> um, He's just glad to have a fucking doctor. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh <laughs> 
RIP most of the cast. Um, okay, uh, and I think that's it for me. I'm not going to spend any story points on this. Cool. I'm um, not either, because I think even just saying that, Morgan just expects him to just, okay, goodbye. It's, it's She's not putting a huge spin on this because it seems like it shouldn't be a big deal. But we're learning. We're learning about this, man. <laughs> okay, I'm going to just roll it. Oh, three successes, one threat. Well, that squeaked out of there. He's not charming, but he made made it somehow. Okay. So he um a look of concern passes over his face. Um and uh he, he just says, Oh, oh no, oh no, 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 no. If you must speak with the inquisitor the inquisitor speaks with the voice of the golden emperor, and he like kisses his his necklace. He says, Oh uh, one is lowly and disgusting as myself could not possibly stand in the way of the Emperor's words. And yet, the Emperor's will is that no further abominations or Xenos be suffered to live. And thus, I will need to check up on you regularly. We will have weekly checkups to ensure that no further problems occur. But for now, you are free to go and serve him in his glory. Please, if you can, pass along a good word for my destruction and redemption. Kisses the necklace. Uh, it says, and I'll see you next week. Oh, yes, I will do that, and I will be back without incident. That will happen. And then she leaves. <laughs> it's a good thing it's a small ship. Uh, and he just starts placing <laughs> rosettes. Um, or uh, aquilas, rather. Um, okay. So... Valentine, uh, you get a a ping that uh, the uh, that someone has arrived. Um, Eli, I think uh, we're actually gonna have you answer the door on this. Um, where where do you think Eli fucked off to after uh, the sort of bridge sequence? Eli fucked off. Well, first of all, first of all, uh, as Atticus left to talk to Morgan, he just looked at um, his name Grimly. Grimly, mm-hmm. yeah, I was just like. <laughs> and that's it and then he just walks out the door um and he goes to find um his bag which was placed on the ship somewhere while he was off you know gaining access to archives he was off um, being an inquisitor as yeah, you do as you do um and to find uh one of his three bottles of trank that he brought with him uh, because it's been a minute. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Laura, what I'm going to need from you then is uh, let's go with. I'm inclined to say skullduggery, but I would take an argument for like if you have some kind of whatever your ship sense would be. Um, oh, my ship sense. Uh, like it could be driving, it could be. Uh, I would take. I mean, it could also straight up just be perception. I'm, I'm just trying to think like. Skullduggery. The streetwise become shipwise. Yeah, because basically, like skullduggery. I guess skullduggery is more like fucking with people. So yes, yeah, I would take streetwise. That would make sense. To I me. think this would be more of like, I don't know, almost like a tech use. Like Eli understands ships. He knows. Okay. He has yeah, experience and like yeah. he's boarded so many different types of ships in his days. Like he knows. I think he knows where he's going. So. Yeah, because I really or, am taking... or can very and can quickly place together. Sure, uh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. The, okay, the I'll layout. buy that. Yeah, because I was very much thinking of this as like a 
know, like every bus driver knows where people leave bags on the bus. Yeah. It's kind of thing where it's just like, you know, mm. if they had any sense, they would stow this bag here. Of course, we know they didn't, but you don't. So let's find out yeah. if you discover the truth or not. Yeah. Um, okay. So sure. Tech use. Uh, I'm going to say difficulty of three. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I'm going to give you a boost for this being a well-lit non-combat ship. Uh, you're used to looking for things in the dark with bullets flying. And, uh, this time you're just taking a walk. That's kind of weird, but mm-hmm. sure. Um, it feels almost like you're, you're going through a haunted house ride with the lights on where you gotcha. can just see where all the things are. And it's, it's odd for you. It's kind of pleasant. <laughs> How much easier would these boarding actions have been yeah. with a fucking light? Totally. Um, that said, as you've indicated, it's been a while. Uh, so I'm going to give you one setback for sure. Jones and. Yep. Jones in for the sauce. Um, yep. And I think that's it for me. Uh, yep. Anything I'm just going like to roll. Do? Yeah, go for it. One advantage. One advantage. <laughs> um, okay, so you you don't find the bag. Someone has put it somewhere very stupid that you really dislike. Uh, however, I think from your advantage, we can say that you got um, a really good sense of the ship. So now if you need to Excellent. go anywhere on the ship, like you know... There's, there's no like, oh, I took a left turn at engineering. Oh no, it's like, like I always <laughs> yeah. did while playing Mass Effect. Uh, it's just like you can go straight to the place you want to go when you want to go there. Cool. Um, but I think uh, that actually dovetails nicely into the arrival of uh, of the interrogator then, because it's basically during this search uh, that you find yourself um, like checking the bottom of the ramp to make sure your bag made it aboard um, when a um, is sort of a small um, like powered cart uh, arrives. So kind of like a pull, like a, like a, a wagon that's, that's powered um, like a heavy loader. Um, mm-hmm. And it's got a, just kind of loaded up with, with, you know, classic 40 K crates that you would find on, you know, a base of something maybe, or, you know, if you're building some terrain, it's just that kind of yep. you know, classic military rectangular box, but you know, with, Fancy stuff in the corners, locked, surety seals everywhere, the whole deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is uh, uh, pulled by a woman who um, has sort of very severe features. Um, she's wearing uh, essentially like um, uh, kind of what we would think of as like Mad Max's outfit um, <laughs> from yeah. like the Mad Max films or uh, Fallout, if that's an easier pull where it's like it's leathers lots of straps like lots of sort of like a Rob Lee field amount of pockets um and just like loaded up with with ammunition um uh you know bolt pistol chain sword um and uh, a tough looking customer she's got a, a pretty wicked scar um that just kind of runs from one cheek across the bridge of her nose uh, to the other cheek um, you can see that the nose has been reconstructed. Um, the scar has been left, but it's not like there's a gap. Uh, there probably should be. So there's there's almost an uncanny valley vibe um, uh, uh, to her face a bit. Mm. Um, and uh, she's got um, sort of both sides of her head shaved uh, and the, sort of the top of her hair pulled back into um, uh, sort of a, a loose top knot. Um, and... Uh, she uh, she kind of approaches you, Eli, and despite everything you've been through, you still, when you're near a ship, you seem like the guy who fits with the ship. Like if this is being sold as as a box set, like of course you come with the ship. Um, yeah. So she uh, she approaches you and says, uh, uh, "Pardon me, sir, I'm looking for 
the Marnie's song? Is that this vessel? Uh, we haven't taken off yet. Nope. Okay. <laughs> For a second, I thought we were like <laughs> she's floating through space. Oh, no more cheats. <laughs> Is my bag out here? Yeah, Ooh. Yeah. So, of course. <laughs> Oh my I'm oh not God. a demon. Thump, thump, thump. Oh Just God. trust me. Open the airlock. Oh thump, God. thump, thump. This is, yeah, no, this is how you know I'm an ethical editor because I won't cut my idiocy <laughs> out. Um, uh, and I and I just, uh, Eli just folds his arms and says, uh, depends who's asking. I was sent by Inquisitor Maid here in the space dock. Controlled by the Ordo Xenos on Hearthold, this planet that we're all on right now. Um, she, well, uh, she says that I was seemed unnecessary, but okay. I merely wanted to establish the facts. They seemed necessary to me. In any case, I'm seeking Inquisitor Lucius Valentine. I have a delivery for him and have been instructed to join his crew. Are you Inquisitor Lucius Valentine? And like, you can tell there's like just an edge of disappointment almost at the back of her teeth as she says this. Mm. Like, she's not quite biting it back. It's just, uh, you know. No, I'm not. What's your name? I am uh, Interrogator Core of the Ordo Xenos. Interrogator Core. Uh, Cora. You see, this is why I I explain details. I am very glad to hear you are not the Inquisitor. Interrogator Cora. Cora. Mm. I don't know. I heard that's what I heard like three times. Do I? Uh, does Eli? Do I have like a some sort of comms on me? Did were we given? Uh, we no, because I mean you're still okay. like you haven't really been equipped because you kind of yeah. came from the bar uh, to a bench to having <laughs> your brain stripped to here. So no. Is there like a comms pad like? Um, I would say uh, up the ramp and and in yeah. uh, in the ship. <laughs> Eli says, "Wait here." And he tromps back up the ramp, uh, and hits the comms. And, like <laughs> tries to like get it to go through the ship. Oh, very easily. Again, yeah, like, easily, now that you're okay. on the ship, it's like, oh hell yeah. Uh, uh, Inquisitor Valentine, there's an interrogator. Clore. Uh, apparently, I'm not saying that right, but I swear it's what. She said it like three times. Uh, here, apparently. Great, let her on board. Thank you. All right, sharp out. <laughs> and uh, and he just yells, get on. Is that a come aboard order? Yes. Yes. Hmm. Uh, and you just hear like the grinding of the gears and um, God, so uh, she formal. pulls the cart up. And she's like, oh, so so disorganized um she just like mutters past you um and uh deeper into the ship um eli follows her naturally sure um valentine where where would you be after like would you be waiting to uh greet uh the interrogator would you be trying to get everyone together like what uh, because i mean you've got this grand address planned and i'm not quite sure what that that looks like for you Yes. Uh, so Valentine would have been pulling together his report in his office so he could send that away to Mutus, uh, which I think is just here's the interrogators coming. There's like the send key. So that's uh, officially sent away. You get like an immediate ping back. Oh, yeah. Cool. What does it say something? Yeah, you, you check it. Uh, it's an audio log. Um, and it's just uh, 
Peter's back. Dear Inquisitor Valentine, the Emperor is known for his gifts. You may be the Emperor's favorite son, for this gift will truly make a bounty for me. I must say, when I was trying to kill you, I did not know that such joys could be rendered from friendship rather than war. I thank you. Every time I burn a heretic, I shall hear the words, Valentine, Valentine, deep within their screams and the flames. Ta-ta for now. Sincerely, Davy Mutis. Uh, Valentine will record a quick one back. Best of luck with your hunt, Damien, and great friends are made outside of war, but even truer friends are made in the crucible of it. Hopefully we'll get to hunt together soon. Um, you Like, there's an immediate ping back, but you know not to respond to this one. Like, he's clearly going to be <laughs> no, the no, last he's done. word he's, guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is the reply guy. We don't need this. Yeah, this is the, the Slack equivalent of, like, just responding with an emoji to try and kill the conversation. It's like, cool, we're good. Um, amazing. So, yeah, you send that off. Um, right. Uh, and, and immediately would, his ship like starts taking off. Like they were just waiting. They're ready to go fucking murder. Uh, and then uh, he would just make an announcement through the ship to tell everyone to meet in the mess hall. Uh, that feels like the biggest area for him to be able to give a talk. Uh, he doesn't really need to intimidate this crew. He's a legitimate inquisitor and everyone here accepts the rank. So it's different than where he may have had to be more theatrical in presentation previously. Awesome. Okay. Um, so, uh, everyone starts making their way. And honestly, it is, it is a bit of a crew now. Uh, you know, you've got Father Marcellus, um, there's, uh, Traseus, uh, you've got, uh, like, Kotov and his weird, like, little coterie of bizarre machines that are kind of attending to him. Uh, I imagine he's a lot of, like, the margin drawings from a codex where it's, like, from that one weird art style where everything's, like, really jagged and kind of disgusting and spooky. Just, like, a John lot Blanche. of skulls. Yep. John Blanche stuff. Um, yeah, exactly. So it's just everything's at odd angles. It's like Tim Burton threw up and that's what's flying around. Um, and uh, of course, Traseus is there, um, uh, sort of coming to join you as well. Um, he looks slightly irked to have been kind of uh, disturbed from, from his studies because uh, he's been diving deep. Uh, and Valentine, he actually catches your eye um, sort of as he makes his way in and gives you kind of a nod and just sort of gestures at a, at a data pad. But is obviously going to keep his keep his distance for now, um, and you know his little little tiny writing arms are like writing on little scrolls as uh, as he does that. Uh, Atticus, quick question for you: Do you go and get Grimly, or do you just leave him there? Uh, if Grimly does not appear here in the mess hall as ordered by Inquisitor Valentine, there will be hell to pay. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'm going to roll. For for poor Grimly, uh, Atticus, what is your what's your uh, probably coercion? I guess I think I get a bonus to coercion because of my armor. Intimidating design, one auto success on coercion. Nice, uh, but my coercion rating, being willpower, is four green. Okay, uh, and uh, so you've got. Sorry, you've got four green. Do you have any points? I don't have any willpower? ranks. I don't have oh, any. Oh, so it's just a skill. Okay. Dope, yeah. dope, dope. Uh, that makes sense. So it's just willpower. Okay. Uh, auto success. I've given them an auto fail. It's it's good. You're you're covered okay. there. Um, okay. So following orders is kind of his thing. So he's got one yellow, three green, four purple, uh, one blue, and one auto failure. 
Um, and I'm going to give him a setback for not understanding which of you to actually listen to. And let's roll those bones. <laughs> the end result was a wash. Oh, no. <laughs> so I <laughs> just paces rapidly back and forth. Yeah, I think it's the a, two rooms. Yeah, I, I think it's like a lot of the like two steps forward. No, I don't know, but I should. Mm, I should. Ah, uh, uh, so it's just that. It's just like he's just kind of moving around like a broken NPC in a video game, uh, uncertain, and like kind of trying to like catch Atticus's eye, but you're so short and everyone else is tall that he can't really do it. So he can't get a quick sense from you of whether he's doing right. Um. And uh, yeah, okay, great. So he's there. Uh, so everyone piles into the mess hall, and Valentine, for the first time, you can actually kind of see your your full uh, retinue um, arranged. It's also again the first time you get to um, properly address everyone as as an inquisitor. I assume Eugene is like floating around recording. Correct. Uh, if, especially if Grimley's like wandering in and out of the fucking room, he can get a tape. Valentine doesn't need to do the speech multiple times, which is why he got everybody together all at once to just be like, I'm going to tell everybody what the fuck's going on. And then they all know. Um, um, okay. Amazing. So uh, the, uh, the interrogator kind of joins the crew. I guess my, my question to you, Ryan is like, does your conversation with the interrogator matter to this speech or is it speech to everyone assembled? And then you'll deal with the interrogator. Uh, he would say hi to the interrogator. He would give this talk, and then there could be direct follow-up afterwards. Just the interrogator's here. Interrogator's part of the crew. He can get this done so that, you know, sh shit can start taking off. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so we'll say she's at the back. Like, it, it's more of a, like, she's been greeted by, probably, honestly, uh, Treseus yep. comes over, greets her on your behalf, um, tells her, like, you know, scoot over. She would have heard the announcement, so, you know, um, she's just kind of on the edge there in, in the crowd. Um, and, uh, Valentine, uh, you're, you're able to kind of get up, I assume like you're, well, I mean, you, you tell me what it looks like. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he would stand across from the group, uh, at like a parade rest, which for him is a comfortable way to stand. It's not performative. It probably looks like it. It's just, that's all he did for the first 19 years of his life. So <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's yeah. as relaxed as he gets. Uh, and he'll just say, <sighs> welcome all of you. Once again, to the Emperor's service. There's a great deal of information that I need to pass on to all of you in the most pertinent points. I will do so now. Random Confluence has brought you here. Is what? A member of the Mechanicus might say, or those who look at the galaxy and see only scientific truth. But that is a falsehood. The Emperor has brought you here. Because we are here to save the Emperor. And yes, I know that as servants of the Inquisition or the Ecclesiarchy or any of the various disciplines that you've come from, you've all saved the Emperor in the sense that you have been protecting the Imperium. The Inquisition are the white blood cells that flow through the Imperium. The red cells, those, those that flow greatly, are the military might. But we hunt for the dangers within and the dangers without that of the danger of infection. However, cells can only go so far, and the limbs are long, and the beating heart and brain at the center are one and the same, and they are our golden emperor. Everyone on this ship has been assembled because there is a cabal, 
that is going to destroy the Emperor. Originally within a year until we foiled their original plans. We've defeated the heinous heretic Fabius Bile and his attempt to join this group. We've defeated Inquisitor Barthus Billingberg, declaring him extremist diabolist for being a part of this horrific heresy. We have destroyed the rogue trader Vicodin. And those were only the weakest tendrils of this cabal. Our mission as we move forward is of the utmost importance. We can trust no one else to take part. We do not know how far and how deep this corruption runs. It has been so effective that even I was almost killed by the Inquisition itself because of those who created false evidence to try to blame me, to try to throw me off this path. When we leave here, we will be alone in his light, which means we will stand together. I will accept no conflict within this crew that involves raised weapons or the diminishing of others. I understand Thaddeus is a beast man. Yes, he is an abomination. Yes, I will not allow anyone on board to mistreat this doctor. I have lost three of my principal agents in the last year because we did not have medical access available. The doctor is one of the most valued crew members. And to the rest of you, I understand that there may be various things that have brought you here. Atticus, your faith, your military training. Grimly, necessity, and your survival. There are those of you on this crew who do not have uh, the option of a future outside of service. Gideon Kotov, you've been found guilty of crimes against humanity. But you are so useful that you're being allowed to continue your service and our new friend, the interrogator here, has brought us additional technology to allow us to continue the necessary work to defeat this cabal. Thaddeus, you serve unto death. You always have, you always will. That's kind of the deal, but you've been cleared by the Inquisition, and I appreciate that. Father Marcellus, it's nice to have a preacher on board. Finally, we can have weekly sermons bringing us back into the light which we have missed. Traseus, perhaps the truest hero of us all, someone willing to step beyond their simpler life and risk themselves to explore the stars in the Emperor's name. There are two of you who have not necessarily joined this cause and who have been brought here functionally as necessary assets. Both Morgan Rawls and Eli Sharp. I can't allow the Emperor to die, but... I don't know your motivations. I can't guarantee that you, you care about this quest that we are going on, or that you would be willing to sacrifice yourselves to see it done. Uh, at this point, just at like the merest hint of like doubt of Eli's intentions, uh, he steps forward, uh, just makes the sign of the Aquila, and just says like clearly like, I am his sword of retribution, I am his vessel of wrath, Though I am but weak in mortal flesh, the spirit of his divine will fills and strengthens me. And steps back. All right, I'm less concerned about Eli at this point. So, Morgan, this one's just for you then. Obviously, we are moving towards Kanehurst's vessel, and I require your assistance to get there. I require your assistance to find the next step of this journey. But to compel you to do that through violence defeats our own aims. I couldn't guarantee that you would be loyal. I couldn't guarantee you would leave us in the darker times. So I need to put light at the end of your tunnel. When we reach Kanehurst's vessel and know the next path of our journey, 
I will turn over one million credits to you personally. And you'll be allowed to leave should you want to end this quest and live out your life in ignominy and cowardice. Or you will have the option to continue onwards with us, and perhaps we could find a bright future for you within the Inquisition. As one day, perhaps, more than an agent. These are the terms. This is the job. This is what we're going to do. Each day, there will be one hour dedicated to military training, and then the history of the Imperial Guard and that methodology through Atticus. There will be one hour of training in close-quarter combat of boarding actions under the mastery of Eli Sharp. There will be one hour of training in stealth and insertion tactics under Morgan Rawls. Everyone will report to the doctor for a physical, and if you have any problems, you will continue to do so. And attendance at our weekly sermons by Father Marcellus are mandatory. I look forward to working with all of you. I look forward to saving the emperor just as he has saved us. It is not our task to do the right thing. It is our task to save humanity. I trust you all to do the right thing. Interrogator. Uh, and he just is ready to walk the interrogator out of the room. He said his whole fucking speech. Uh, he's good now. Thunderhorn has tears in his eyes, soaking his, his you know, like furry face. Uh, Marcellus is muttering song lyrics. Like he's working on a hymn about this. This is like, this is exactly the kind of moment that must be uh, held to this. Um, uh, Kotov was just nodding the whole time. Like when you're like crimes against humanity, it was just like, kind of like an, oh yeah, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and um, uh, you, you catch Troseus like out of the corner of your eye. And he's very still. He's, he's like just stock still and his little tiny like writing arms aren't writing. Um, and he, he just seems legitimately touched that anyone's acknowledged him or his objectives. Cause like, that's not, that's never been a part of his existence. It's just, you know, be the mortar that holds the bricks together. So he's, he's quite touched. Um, Grimly is, is kind of Buster Blue thing his way behind a door frame, but he's like, he's near there. He's not. Um, but you approach the uh, interrogator and, um, she like uh, is is giving you like a, a like an appraising look and kind of like bows slightly as you approach, uh, in a in a deferential way. Um, what you'd expect from an interrogator, but you can tell there's real respect in it. Um, the this kind of speech I think is probably pretty rare within the Imperium. And also, if you think about an inc- like an interrogator stationed on Harthold sees action every so often, but it's a little bit like doing paperwork as like the parts of you know a cop's life they never shown an action movie where it's like a lot of the time you're just at this fucking base um so uh she bows and says uh inquisitor that was if i may speak bluntly uh one hell of a speech i am honored to be serving aboard your vessel um and as she stands uh her features are strikingly familiar to you even with the scar uh because she's the striking image of her brother and sister, Alto and Lyric. This episode of The Valentine Heresy features Ryan Laplante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra at E.L. Hamstring on Twitter as Eli Sharp, Del Borovic at Del Tastic on Twitter as Morgan Rawls, and our game master Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. 
Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merch dice available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, and death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Sammy Boy, Orion Birchfield, Scott Garland, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Shulzari, Christian Mendez, Spot Allen, Flynn 1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, Steve Weeze, D&D and Things, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Greetings. I am the modestly handsome obituary writer of this fetching town of Crestfall, Idaho, and this is Death by Dying. Death is exhausting. And so, after a long day of funeral attending, I had retired to my apartment to get some shut-eye. I loosened my Versace tie and changed into my Egyptian silk pajamas. Are you the detective in town? No, I'm the obituary writer. Really? Someone said you solve murder cases. Murder? I'm Charlotte, by the way. Forgive me, but I haven't gotten past the murder part. Charlotte, the friend I now have, is staying in the apartment above her Aunt Lillian's bookshop. She was my aunt. She was all I had growing up. I need to know why she's gone. Murder is the spice of life. I knew just who I had to see. The Angel of Death. We have become friends over the years. Careful. Death is ever-present. Her pet, the button-eyed raven, moaned inconsolably as usual. Your friends are abandoning you, one by one. You write about death, O.W. But how much do you know about what it feels like to lose someone? The shadow in the dark woods is making its way into Crestfall. Listen to Death by Dying on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher.